I'm jumping in with a quick message that I've added to all HR Coffee Time episodes to let you know that my group programme, Inspiring HR, is back. In case you haven't heard of it before, it's an intensive six-week programme for mid and senior level HR and people professionals. So if you're an HR business partner, HR manager, head of HR or HR director, or the people equivalent, so a people business partner, people manager, head of people or people director, and you'd like to build your confidence, your credibility and your impact at work, Inspiring HR could be perfect for you. We get started on Wednesday the 5th of June 2024 when we'll be meeting up over Zoom for two hours every week. The group sessions are a blend of group coaching, training and facilitation. They're supportive, encouraging and practical and each week has a slightly different focus. So in week one, we look at setting yourself up for success. Week two is about boosting your confidence. Week three focuses on being strategic in your role. Week four is all about building key relationships. Week five takes a deep dive into influencing at a senior level. And the final week looks at planning for the future. There's a link with the full details in the show notes for you. Or you can learn more by going to my website, Bright Sky Career Coaching, clicking on services and then clicking on Inspiring HR Group Programme. I would love to have you join us and to get to know you throughout the programme. But if you have any questions about Inspiring HR at all, please feel free to ask by getting in touch through the website and I would be very happy to answer them for you. Welcome to HR Coffee Time, a podcast especially for you to help you have a successful and fulfilling HR career without working yourself into the ground. I'm your host, Faye Wallace. If we haven't met before, I'm a career coach and outplacement specialist with a background in HR, and I'm also the founder of Bright Sky Career Coaching. And in today's episode, I need to say a big thank you to listener Daniel, because he got in touch to suggest a topic for us all to have a think about or to learn about today. And that topic was working with millennials in the workplace. He had watched a brilliant video with Simon Sinek talking about millennials and sent the link to me and said, I think it would be great if you talked about this. I think the HR Coffee Time audience would be really interested. So a big thank you, Daniel. And it means that I'm really delighted to be able to introduce you to Michelle Hartley from Barrow and Parker. She is going to be taking us on a quick run through of all the different generations that we have working in the workplace at the moment. And she explains the different experiences that have shaped them, the different approaches they may have to the workplace. And then she and I have a quick chat about what this all means and how we can make sure we're communicating as effectively as possible for the different generations and setting up inclusive workplaces that work for everyone. I really hope that you enjoy it. So Michelle, welcome to the show. It is wonderful to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Wonderful. And it would be fantastic if you could just start off by introducing yourself. So could you tell us all a little bit about yourself and the work that you do? 
Sure. So I work as a director for Barron Parker HR. We are an HR consultancy, so we work with businesses delivering all aspects of activities under the HR umbrella. Um, but most recently, we also run a kind of a separate part of the business now called HR for HR. So we do a lot of skills and supportive training for HR people. And we also run some HR networking groups as well. Oh, fantastic. I don't think I knew about the HR networking groups, but I did know about the training that you offer because I did some interview coaching for an HR leader. And she said, Faye, have you seen Michelle Hartley's stuff? She's got this fantastic program for HR business partners. And so that's how I found you. And I've been following you on LinkedIn ever since and seeing all the incredible feedback that you get for your programs. And I think I first got in touch with you oh months and months ago. So I'm really excited to actually have you here sitting in front of me. I can see Michelle on the screen for anyone listening. Obviously, you can only hear the audio, but I can I can see her too. So yeah, it, it feels really, really exciting to have you here. Ah, thank you. It's lovely to be here. And it's lovely to hear nice things about our programme coming from your clients as well. That's very cool. And you are here today to talk about one particular thing, which is the multi-generational workforce that we're all operating in. So I know that you know about a wealth of different topics, but it's brilliant to have you here talking about this today, because as I've mentioned in the introduction, one of the HR Coffee Time listeners, Daniel, actually got in touch and said, is this a topic we could cover? And I thought, hmm, I actually really don't know very much about this. And on the very same day he asked me, or it may have been the day after, I saw you put a post on LinkedIn saying, just finished delivering a talk on the multi-generational workplace. <laughs> it's destiny. It is destiny. <laughs> it's destiny to have you here with me today. So it would be fantastic if you could just start off by actually talking us through what the names are of the different generations, like what that actually looks like, because I know a couple of the names. Like I know we've got baby boomers and we've got millennials, but I'm not really sure what all the others are. Yeah, you tend to hear them being bandied around, don't you? It's quite interesting hearing all the different terms. Um, yeah, so basically there are kind of five generations and there might, there might be a sixth coming. But for now, and in terms of what I'll talk to you about, there are five generations currently kind of around in the workforce now. So um, the first is the silent traditionalists who were born around 1928 or so. So those are the groups of people who have been through kind the kinds of things like the Great Depression, World War two they tend to be much more disciplined have that workplace loyalty piece and a very much kind of job for life group of people We've then got the baby boomers that you've already mentioned. Um, so those are people who were born after 1946. And so those people will have been influenced by things like the Vietnam War, the moon landing. They tend to be more kind of experimental, very hardworking. And we're obviously in the workplace when the personal computer kind of came out. So they're an interesting generation. Then we've got Gen X who were born around 1965 and so they'll have been influenced by things like the fall of the Berlin Wall, the Gulf War, the internet, MTV is one of the things that came out during their kind of workplace time and the advent of the mobile phones. I feel like they're quite an interesting group as well and then rightly as you've said we've also got this millennials group who were born in 1981 uh, so they will have been influenced in the workplace with things like the 9-11 attacks 
community service kind of side of things, social media, Google and Facebook. And then we've got Generation Z, which are those born after 1997. And they'll be people who have grown up with technology since the day they were born. And so they're a very interesting, very different generation in the workplace. So they're very much influenced by gamification, tablet devices, internet, everything, um, and a kind of quite a different generation to the rest of us in terms of their tech space. As you're talking those through, it's making me picture all my family members that fall into (laughs) those different categories. I think my brother and sister are going to be delighted that they actually fit into the millennials category. Well, I'm Generation X. I'm sure I should be in that millennial one. (laughs) Everyone's very happy when they fit in that millennial one. It feels like a modern one, doesn't it? (laughs) It does. So just hearing you describe the different sort of world events that would have been around at these different moments in time instantly makes you think, well, of course, that's going to shape us and mean that potentially our different experiences and different life events are going to make us have different approaches and motivations to work. So what are some of the tensions that you see coming into play when you put of these different generations together in the workplace yeah it's really interesting actually and this is one of the program a feature of one of our programs this multi-generational workforce and it's really interesting to hear because I almost asked that same question to the group when we do the session and it's really interesting to see all the different generations suddenly come to life in the session because they will say oh well all these young people use mobile phones in meetings and then you've got the actual gen zers who are like well I, I don't really have an issue with my mobile phone I make notes on it and I've got a pen for it and it's my hand writing tool and all that kind of stuff so it's quite interesting to look at that and see that happen in real life um but also I feel like I have to I have to caveat it with a sensible HR-ish kind of statement which is um actually there are also people who kind of um straddle the generation gaps who are called perennials so they are people who perhaps don't fit in those boxes so if you if you wanted to be in the millennials camp uh Faye, then maybe you could be a perennial instead which means you don't conform to the the, the blocks that you've been put in by these generations Um, So there are also perennials who are people who can very much adapt to changing technology and changing cultures and stuff. So I feel like that's my little like, oh, I've got to do an HR thing, (laughs) be genuine about everybody's the same. Um, So I think there's a lot of different categories, really, in terms of those generational needs. So if we think about even in terms of communication and feedback, for example, the traditionalists people, so those kind of early years people will be kind of thinking that no news is good news. So everything, leave me alone. I'm going to be quiet in my little hole. That's fine. Everything's great. Um, if we think about the baby boomers, they're very much like a structured performance review once a year will be fine. Thank you. That's OK. Um, Generation X, very much about having frequent and honest feedback millennials want immediate feedback which is kind of in line with that tech space actually so that emerging tech about that instant gratification piece um and then the gen z are very much about kind of frequent prompt swift and face-to-face feedback so that's quite interesting i think so in terms of the feedback and comms there's quite a difference there from no news is good news to prompt constant regular feedback so i think that's quite an interesting kind of range Um, And then we think about kind of things around working style. So if we think again about those traditionalists, it's very much, and even if you think about people going to the doctors, it's the same principle, but, you know, do as you're told, earn your way up the hierarchy, do a good job, be a loyal employee. Um, But then when we think about then coming all the way across that Gen Z, it's very much about being self-directed, independent, having an autonomous approach to my learning and my career. So again, you've got some massive stretches in there in terms of how people are different. Um, And if we 
think about, you know, even Gen X in that sense, we've got that kind of independent divide and conquer thing where it's quite a different style of management. So there are lots of different elements in there. And I think it's it's an interesting one to kind of spy out. And like you said, you're kind of almost plotting friends and family into these different categories when you've worked with them, haven't you? So it's quite interesting. The other bits I would say that are quite different, we've got motivations and priorities across the generations which go from kind of I want fair treatment and everybody being treated the same I come to work to pass the time to um, Gen X who want supportive leaders they want meaning and purpose in their work so again we've got some really different motivations in there Um, and then work values and kind of expectations is very much kind of um, traditionalists are looking at loyalty you've got baby boomers who are looking at being driven you've got Gen Xers who are about efficiency and then you've got millennials who are about work life integration but then when we look at gen z it's very much about the life work balance which again is a completely different place to be isn't it so it's quite interesting to think about all of these different motivations and comms needs and yet as hr people we're trying to straddle all of them all of the time and and work in a cohesive organization so it's quite interesting to see the differences i think it's really interesting to think about how complex it actually is and i can well imagine someone listening might be thinking oh my goodness, well, where do I even start? Do I just have to pretend that these differences don't exist? So it would be fantastic if you could maybe give some examples of strategies that HR and people professionals can use to try and alleviate some of these tensions. Yeah, and I think... um... It's, it's a really interesting and challenging piece of work to do, actually. And we call this um, mind the gaps. <laughs> so minding those generational gaps. Um, so a lot of the things I think feature in terms of having things like being able to create shared goals and purposes that align to all of those different generations, um, creating a leadership population that works in a very inclusive way, no matter which generation you're from. Um, fostering the right and supportive environment and almost kind of creating your own perennials and kind of thinking well actually I, I can work with you but let's try and think about this perennial mindset where you know we can all straddle these different technologies and different approaches to working um, and I also think and it's one of my and if you well you've been on my LinkedIn so you've seen but it's one of my favorite things is talking about kind of boundaries and energy so having that clarity around you know what boundaries look like in the workplace for each generation which might be slightly different but you can have some consistent elements within that Um, And then thinking about how we can vary our communication styles to suit each kind of generational need. So some generations will prefer things like written communication. Uh, Other generations will prefer things that are very much more face to face. So I think it's really important to think about how we can vary that style rather than just doing an email round robin because you've always done an email round robin thinking about how each generation might receive that differently. And also, and again, it sounds a bit like a twee HR thing to say, but setting up kind of cross-generational mentoring and being able to create kind of working spaces where you can have those different generations working together. Um, And I think that's really important, just creating spaces where people can work together. um, It also helps with then some of that kind of knowledge sharing as well. So I think those are kind of the key bits, really. And I think it's important to just really consider how you can kind of customise your approaches, your communications, how you work to accommodate those different groups of people. Um, And one of the things that always comes out, and I think we touched on this before we hit the record button, one of the things that always comes out is use of phones, uh, because different generations have completely different approaches to using phones. So I think for me, there's also a piece around that, you know, being very clear on those boundaries and what it means to use tech or not use tech in meetings. I think that seems to help a lot of kind of intergenerational conflict, I think, tends to help there. 
Yes, that's a really good point. I remember years and years ago, the first time I was in a meeting and there was someone in there just on their phone the whole time. And it, it, at the time, it felt really, really unusual because yeah. it just would, you know, wouldn't have been at all accessible before. Whereas, of course, now I think we've all just got used to it, just walking in with a phone in hand a lot of the time. Yeah. So it's interesting to hear that's something that always comes up when you talk about this. And also the cross-generational mentoring that you mentioned. Mm. So I've heard of reverse mentoring before, because I guess traditionally mentoring was always seen as like the more senior, presumably wise, experienced person, like imparting their knowledge onto yeah. someone more junior and earlier on in their career. But I remember reading, I think it was a book actually by David Clutterbuck. Yeah, it was one of mm. his coaching books. And in there, he mentioned reverse mentoring and how powerful it can be, which is when the opposite happens, where actually someone who is more senior in the organisation is paired with someone more junior. The idea being that they're going to learn from that more more junior person. But I haven't actually come mm. across this term of cross-generational mentoring before. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting one, actually. And I, it's finding the right ways to set it up so that it doesn't feel kind of twee and a bit strange. But I think that sharing of perceptions can really help and kind of talking about, you know, how how we work now versus how we've worked before, how I perceive the things that you say and do um, can be really, really interesting. And it's a really great way to work. And if we've got opportunities to have those generations brought together on a particular project, we can really start almost getting some of those generational understanding bits um, almost by osmosis because they're working together on a project so yeah I think that's a really good one to do. And is there a place anywhere here for some sort of formal training for people within the organisation around generational differences or do you not think that that's as effective? Yeah it's a good question I think I guess there's there's an opportunity to do it, isn't there? There's always opportunity for, you know, delivering some kind of training intervention. We both work in that space. So, of course, there's opportunity for training. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think, actually, if we work with um, land managers and leaders to look at being more inclusive, then arguably we perhaps don't need to think about the generational piece as a separate element, because I think if we're working in an inclusive way, then we don't need to separate out each element of that, I think. Um, but it depends on your organisation, I guess, and what your what your kind of organisational needs are and whether you've got big generation gaps, because I guess it would be more valid in organisations where you've got, you know, very distant generations and not necessarily common working. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a bit of an HR answer, isn't it? Both? It depends. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the answer for everything is it depends, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Context is so important. Indeed. And when you were talking about communication styles and how the different generations may prefer different communication styles, it took me back to my teacher training days. So I can't actually remember if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast before, but at the very, very beginning of my career, I actually trained as a teacher. I did my PGCE, but I only lasted, oh, I think three quarters of a year of being a teacher before I then went to work in HR. As much as I really loved working with children, I missed being around grown-ups <laughs> too much. So, I, But as part of that training, you know, we were very much taught about making sure you're catering for different learning styles because there was a theory at the time that some people learn better through auditory means so for example they might want to listen to this podcast rather than watch a video other people 
learn by watching other people actually learn by physically trying stuff out mm. I mean that theory has since been disproved and actually apparently we're all a blend of all of these things and I think a lot of the time as you're touching on it really comes down to personal preference and also I think what's happening in your life and career so for me for example it's not going to be a surprise for you to hear that I really like podcasts <laughs> as I have a podcast but I think the reason I really like podcasts isn't necessarily because I can take in the information better where I'm listening to it it's because I've got a busy life you know I've got work I've got children I've got family I've got all of these things going on and so I like the fact that I can be learning or being entertained by listening because I can multitask at the same time so I can be listening to a podcast normally while I'm cooking the dinner or putting my makeup on in the in the morning <laughs> but that's that's not down to a generational thing the fact that I like podcasts at least I don't think it is mm. I think that very much is down to other factors that are at play there so there's a real danger isn't there if we put labels onto anything that will say oh yes okay so you're Gen Z that means you like this communication style but actually I wonder if there's a piece here which I think probably is exactly what you've already said around just thinking okay well when we are communicating what are the different forms how can we do this so that it's going to meet the requirements or needs or preferences of a huge swathe of people who work for us who who have their own preferred means of receiving information yeah absolutely and there are so many variables in there aren't there I mean gener generational differences are just one um, and as you say there are lots of different elements that feature from personality to uh, personal context to generational difference to the role that you do um, so I think yeah you're right there's there's almost an element of just being quite thoughtful about the different options that we've got and just doing our best to apply them in the right context at the right time because I think like you say there's a danger of boxing people in and actually you don't need to do that especially where we do have perennials actually those boxes then aren't fit for purpose so yes I think you're right it's kind of thinking about all of those contextual variables and just trying to kind of create something that meets all of those needs or at least most of them so you can connect in some way yes and depending on where I get up to with the podcast schedule I'm not sure if this episode will come out before or after I keep on saying I'm going to do an episode where I talk about personal user manuals and team user manuals in mm. more detail which just at a very very top level is the idea that actually none of us comes with an instruction booklet we are all completely unique so I love this concept that some organizations have started embracing and using now of using personal user manuals which is when you literally write a user manual for yourself so you'll say things like what your communication preferences are perhaps what your career ambitions are how you like to work and again I think that they I love the idea of them because I think that they really plug into this concept of having a more inclusive workforce workplace and that's what we're talking about really isn't it when we're talking about all this cross-generational stuff it's just another example of how we can be inclusive so that we're going to have the most harmonious and effective working environment for everybody 
Yeah, absolutely. And one of our clients, interesting enough, has has um they call it the manual of me, which I absolutely love. And interestingly, it's one of the first times I'd come across it was when I was facilitating an insight session for them. Um, and they all drop their insights colours into their manual of me. And then I saw a post on it this morning that just has it as like a series of questions that they answer that sort of, you know, what are my quirks? What do I love to do outside of work? How to communicate with me? All of that kind of stuff. And you're right, I think it's a brilliant way to be inclusive without being prescriptive. So I think it's a brilliant shout. I love that. It's a really good idea. Oh, good. I'm pleased you like it. Well, I'll stop keep subtly referencing it in all the different podcast episodes. <laughs> and I must actually create a whole podcast episode on this. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Michelle. Is there anything that I haven't asked you about the multi-generational workplace that you think would be important or helpful to include now before we start wrapping things up? I don't think so. I think we've done we've done a nice round trip all around it, I think, haven't we? I think it's been quite interesting. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything extra to add, really. I'm excited to see what the new generation is. I think someone was talking to me about it being Generation Alpha, which will be the iPhone generation, I think. But um, yeah, I don't think there's anything else really to add. I think it's just been a really good conversation. So thank you for having me. <laughs> no, you're very welcome. And as you know, for every guest who comes on the show, I always ask them if they can share a non-fiction book recommendation. So I would love to hear what your recommendation is for today. Yeah, sure. I'm reading at the moment The Conscious Effect uh, by Natasha Wallace, which is 50 Lessons for Better Organisational Wellbeing. Um, and it's a really, really interesting and also easy read. When I'm reading kind of work or non-fiction books, I really like one that I can kind of dive into and then have a little chunk of and then dive back out of. So it's perfect for that because each lesson is set up in the book really nicely with examples and principles and some nice, easy to remember phrases. So I think that's a really, really good one. So I definitely recommend that. Brilliant. Thank you. And for anyone listening, all of the details of the book will be in the show notes. So you can look that up afterwards if you'd like to. And talking about details, it would be brilliant to put your contact details in there as well, Michelle. So for anyone who's been listening and thinks, oh, gosh, you know, Michelle sounds fantastic. I would love to know more about the work that she does. What's the best way of them learning more about you and your company and getting in touch? Absolutely. Yeah, I think probably LinkedIn is the easiest way to find me. And as we said before we hit record, I spend a lot of my time on LinkedIn. Um, so uh, LinkedIn is the easiest way to find me, which is Michelle Hartley, FCIPD. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. It's been lovely to be here. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Daniel, if you're listening, I know we didn't do a deep dive into millennials, but I hope that just hearing even a little bit about them was helpful and that you enjoyed learning about the other generations as well. If you are listening and also have an idea for something that you think would be helpful or interesting to cover on the podcast, please do get in touch and let me know. You can always reach me on LinkedIn. I'm there on Faye Wallace or by sending me an email at hello at brightskycareercoaching.co.uk. I would love to hear from you. 